0: Welcome to the Wild and Curious Podcast, a show that's part travel, part feminism, and completely inspired by extraordinary women worldwide. I'm Teresa Christine. And I'm Suzanne Schmetting. One of the things that I've been thinking a lot about lately in uh, our new decade, 2020, Right. Is the 19th Amendment. It seems like something that happened so, so long ago. Right. But it was really only 100 years ago that women were like, cool, we can finally vote. And not even all women, you know. As I've gotten older, I feel like I have gained so much love and respect for these women who I don't even know or like not related to. Just like these women who are fighting for the rights that I have today. Yeah. It's incredible,
1: you know, because it's not... It wasn't just an action that they took for them. It was it was something, yes, for them, but also, like, it's something that has a crazy long-lasting legacy that should have been given a right to in the very beginning mm-hmm. and just wasn't. Um, and they fought for that, which is incredibly cool.
0: Yeah. The suffragists are cool. <laughs> they are so cool. I just, I find something really wonderful about that for the women like not just fighting the good fight but like women on the front lines like the ones who are really making the change and that is one of those women that we get to chat with today. Oh my god, I know. I'm so excited. Keep uh, it cool. Keep it cool, Suzanne. <laughs> We're chatting today with Zena Benchek, who is the regional general manager for intrepid tourism for Europe, the Middle East and North Africa. And she has been lobbying since 2017
1: uh, to help get more licenses and more opportunities for women in Morocco to be part of this very lucrative job market of being an adventure tour guide.
2: Yeah, well, um, in 2017, we, we've been given a goal by the company, by Intrepid, to double the number of female guides we have uh, across the, the globe. And uh, while this, you know, seemed like a, an easy task for some countries like, you know, Europeans, Russians, uh, Icelandic, they had actually more female guides than, than male, For me, in Morocco, it was a pretty tough challenge because we had no... Female guide at all. So in a, in a in a crew of I think at that time it was around 50 guides or tour leaders, uh, all of them were male. So um, so we had a goal to double. So I could have found one, and uh, you know ticked, <laughs> but I thought uh, that w- that wouldn't be enough. So I think um, you know what, what happened really is uh, I realized that um, that uh, if I wanted to find female uh, to um, you know women to do a tour leading job in Morocco, well there was a bigger uh, cultural barrier. Clearly, and not just in Morocco, in the Middle East, in India, you know, female will not, uh, women will not seen uh, Like we were not, society wouldn't see that um, this job was was a suitable one for women. Um, there was also another barrier, which was more around regulations and around how this job was regulated in Morocco specifically. So um, this is where I decided to to come the Ministry of, of Tourism and uh, start my kind of lobbying work around, you know, uh, getting them to to understand that there was a big business opportunity, that it was a really good thing to do that uh, it was a great job for women and that we were really here to, to help to, to get things changed. changes and um, and you know after a few years uh, uh, managed to, to get the, you know, the statutory change in Morocco and, uh, and the first ever national test was organized in 2018 uh, by the Ministry of Tourism that uh, allowed 1,000 people to, to become tour leaders and guides um and this is how we really got the opportunity to to get women um, working with us um in the company as to leaders basically
0: being a tour guide is a like that's a really good job
2: in Morocco isn't it yeah, it is actually. So in Morocco and in a few countries of the Middle East, it's actually really well paid. It's often paid more than the minimum salary. In Morocco specifically, it's five to six times the minimum salary. So it's pretty empowering. And there is a lot of, you know, elements around, you know, with the commissions and tipings. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a job. That's uh, that is paid well, and this is why we thought, you know, why women would want to do it. And in addition to be to be a job that is paid well, it's also what we call like a starting point job in our industry. So there are a lot of people around us uh, in our business and in the industry in general that started as two leader or two guides. So some general managers, some operations managers, and and so on. So why wouldn't you know women want to start a um, to do, work, you know, to do this job while it could open up so so many opportunities for them yeah, yeah absolutely
1: um, I I mean that's that's kind of crazy for me to think about that when you started there were no female guides whatsoever and you lobbied to change that and I guess it kind of makes me wonder, You know, you've explained that there were some cultural barriers um, and, you know, a lot of prejudices. What was the general way of life for women in, I mean, what is the general way of life for women in Morocco? It's
2: very mixed, you know, it's very mixed. It depends if we're in the cities or if we're in a rural area. And um, so if we look at, uh, in general, there are 25% of women that work in the workforce, and that includes unpaid jobs that includes undeclared jobs, so it's already a pretty low, um, uh, you know, uh, stats for the country, but then if you look at rural area of the country, and it's almost half of the country is made of rural area, you know, Uh, we have um, 70 to 80 percent of illiteracy rates around women, so it's even worse, not even talking about working, but talking about, you know, being able to read and write, so it's a a pretty tough country to be a woman, I want to say, and there are lots of things that should improve in my opinion and, and I love the fact and I love the fact that we can think that tourism can make a change in the, in this way because um, we are a touristy country and we are growing very very nicely and fastly we've been hosting 12 million tourists last year and a lot of them from the United States so it's actually it's actually good to use that in a way or that uh, uh, that industry to create a change a better change for women I think.
0: When you started lobbying in 2017 and were working towards making these changes, what I mean, were people really excited and feeling ready? Was the general population thinking, no, we do not want women tour leaders? What what were people doing as a reaction?
2: Well, I think it's changed with time. Um, at the very beginning, I had a lot of reactions from people in our industry, in our business, that were challenging this whole idea. You know, why do we want female guys? Why do we want to double the number? Why? I mean, there are some guys who even told me in my face that you know, while well, we were trying to get their job out of them, you know, and replace them with women. And still, very recently, I'm hearing still that, even sometimes it's sarcastic or just to 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 you know to have fun. But you know, with time we kind of showed them how much this initiative has brought good publicity and advertisement to us, to us in our business and that we've been growing fast. We've been very successful as a business. And I want to think that it's thanks to that. Uh, and so we have now a lot of engaged leaders and engaged suppliers and people in our office that, you know, are with us now trying to even get more female guys and supporting them on the ground and all of this because they see that it's actually beneficial. So, um, it's, it's above the cultural barrier. Uh, uh, it's uh, it makes business sense now, I want to say. So people are changing thanks to that. So at least, you know, it's something. But the cultural barrier was, was strong, is strong in Morocco, but I want to say not as strong as maybe in India or in some people, countries in the Middle East. It's just about, you know, I think it was just about showing that this job can be done by a woman and can be perfectly fine. I mean, it doesn't mean anything wrong about a woman. And a woman can be, very professional and do this job very well because we train them and we support them exactly the same that we do it for men. So if it's a passion, uh, why not? You know? And um, so we see a change, definitely see a change.
0: So that's one of the things that I've noticed about intrepid travel is they have a, like a women's only tour, like entire range to many destinations. And one of them is Morocco. So obviously you want to have a woman guide for a tour like that. Yeah. And, um, what what kind of growth have you seen in that particular range in Morocco? And, and, and also, what kind of things make those tours unique that people can't do on a co-ed trip?
2: Yeah, so I guess when we came up with the idea to create these tours, well, we had no expectations, and especially not that it will be as successful as it was. We've grown the ranch uh, from three destinations I think, to around 12 or 13, we just launched the newest one in Pakistan, actually, I think uh, last week. Yes, so when you, I, yeah, that's so that? exciting. Yes, I have. Really exciting. Yeah, I want to do this one. <laughs> Can't wait. But <laughs> then, yes, so we started with Morocco, Jordan, Iran, and then we expanded to Turkey, uh, Kenya, um, India, and Nepal, and now we've got Pakistan and uh Probably others that I forgot, but um, it's been a growing 116% in one year time since oh we my launched gosh. Uh, which is pretty big it's become I mean we call it the more popular uh, product idea in the history of Intrepid and Intrepid has been there for 30 years so it's pretty pretty cool Uh, I think what's why this product range worked it's um it's because it was really innovative in a way and um and uh, we didn't create these tours just to give opportunity to women to you know uh, you know enjoy a holiday with women and that's it you know it was just not just the only idea, we really wanted to create products that were empowering for both sides. On, on the, you know, on, on the trip itself, the way we designed them, as you mentioned, we have female, they are guided by female guides. And in some places, for example, in Morocco, it will be a female mountain guide, the first and only female mountain guide uh, back at that time in 2017 was leading this tour. Um, and that means if we want to make this tour sustainable, we need more of them and so that's actually helped us with the lobbying process in a way when I was talking about business make a business case out of that um, but you know we've got some pretty unique experiences that a group of mixed men and women wouldn't be able to do because of the, the, the way these countries uh, the conservatism in these countries so in Morocco for example wouldn't be able to, the women who host us in the tours wouldn't be able to host us if the group was mixed so we can create some unique connections between women you know the woman host and the women uh, foreigners um, because we created this framework and this like around this so so, uh, experiences that you will have uh, here in Morocco will be you know making the traditional bread uh, learning how to cook uh, the traditional couscous Uh, there will be it's a trek so it's actually a a pretty uh, physical uh, challenge that you will do but you will do it among a group of women Uh, there will not be any uh, judgment uh, from you know maybe more powerful men around uh, if you are a bit slow if you don't reach uh, you know the the objective so it will be much more uh, confident Kind of environment. Uh, um, and obviously, you know, uh, sharing the stories of all the women that we meet in the, in the tour that, you know, can be a, a woman mule chair. I don't know if you know this word, it's a French word, there is no equivalent in English, but it means the it's a person who in the track, um, you know, help uh, to carry all the, the legages and all the equipment, like a, a porter, but using a mule. So we call it a mule chair. Oh, okay. and, and, and so this job has never been done by a woman before. And because of this tour, we created the first woman mule chair of the country. Uh, and so that woman, uh, instead of doing uh, you know work at home and taking care of her husband and children, is now having a, a job and now and then is making money out of it, and she's really really happy about that. So uh, yes, this that, typically cool. the yeah typically the kind of things that um, you know is this this tour's are um, creating these opportunities and also you know these unique experiences, and this is why I think it's been uh, so successful.
0: Yeah. And I love the environment and being in a group with other women. It really just changes the interactions when it is just women. It it seems silly on surface level, but there is some kind of like deep almost telepathic thing yeah, it
2: creates sisterhood you know it's uh, and you know there's lots of our customers when we ask them what they choose their trips they will say you know they they're married they have partners but they just want to be alone for a weekend they just want to <laughs> do something different <laughs> or they you know it's um, it's very interesting the kind of, uh, of women we're attracting these tools and and honestly i think it's empowering for both sides you know, really both sides. And for the, for the house to see women coming from, you know, foreign countries who are lawyers, who are like doctors, who are, you know, independent and all of this, it's extremely empowering just to see them and to get to spend time with them. And I think this is a, a, a pretty big achievement in a way.
0: For sure. And I mean, talking about empowering, just, just, just what you have done. And I think the education aspect of things is is so important because when you give people that access to education and then that leads to further equal opportunities like these great paying jobs and these things that they wouldn't normally get to be able to do.
2: Well, I feel I have a responsibility to bring back to my community. So I'm I'm, I'm thankful that to work for a company that gives me this opportunity. And the, the reality is that I haven't been in Monaco all my life. I was born here, but I'm, I'm you know, I'm from parents who are both academics and, you know, have PhDs and are highly educated and traveled the world before starting to coming back. And for me, the fact that I've got this chance to get access to the best level of education and to travel the world, and uh, this is something that I know is pretty unique as a Moroccan, and I have a responsibility to bring this back to, to the women who didn't have that uh, opportunity. And obviously there are a lot of them. So um, it's good that I'm able to do it within my job, so, you know, acting as a role model is already, you know, big because, you know, when women in our office uh, see someone like me, the positions I am, it's already very empowering and giving them uh, some kind of, you know, goals and that they feel they can achieve now. But in the same time, doing more and, as you said, you know, working with the, you know, with the association and product and with the, you know, all these initiatives to, to, to support women of my country, I feel it's a responsibility now. So I'm, I'm not going to stop.
1: Absolutely. And I mean, just just with that, I I think you had mentioned before that you were working with Education for All and, you know, just really helping to set up these these new tests for guides. And I think it's such an exciting endeavor. And I guess I'm wondering, you know, with with all these new measures and and schools and, and actions kind of taking place, where do you see the industry going from here for women?
2: Oh, well, I think the industry is doing better than other industries. And uh, especially since I'm involved in these women empowerment talks, I attend a lot of conferences and forums, and I learned so much in the past two years. Uh, I can see, you know, from the stats and from what I see is that we are in an industry, travel industry, that is actually a bit more advanced than other industries in terms of, you know, women empowerment in the stats, women ministers, women in the uh, leadership positions and all this, but we're still, you know, uh, we're still not there. I mean, equality is still not there and mostly, countries uh you know like like my country or countries of africa or whatever we call them um so so there's still a lot to do what i found amazing is that the tourism industry has a big potential to create change i've seen it myself this is this is what we've been talking about our, our examples of that um it's an industry that's easy to reach it's an industry that doesn't we talk about education doesn't require a very high level of education you know there are a lot of women who can make uh, you know their money out of cooking, their money out of you know service uh, um, uh, jobs that don't really require um, a very high level of education and university degrees and stuff like that. So this is again something I've learned and I've seen happen. So and also the you know tourist, touristic countries, um, you know in the Middle East, in Africa, in the developing world in general rely on tourism dollars. So and you know the the industry, the tourism industry. Is act the right way can really create a difference in these countries because these countries rely on the tourism dollars. So, uh, you know, having a big company that is Australian, like Intrepid Travel, that creates those tours and that's kind of make a business case out of them, uh, you know, with goals like doubling Female Guides and stuff like that, is definitely creating an impact in these destinations and communities. So in a way, um, we are in a good industry to create a change, I think, for, for women and for women empowerment.
0: All right, so how much do you love Zena? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> it was very
1: hard to remain cool, but I think I did an excellent job because all I wanted to say was, can I be you? But also, <laughs> also, I just, I really wanted to get to know her and be her friend and, you know, yeah. just do part of the work. She's
0: so inspiring and cool. She's so great. I really like, too, how um, she recognizes the privilege that she's had in her life. And, you know, she <sighs> like yeah. I could... I, she wasn't here in the room with us, but like you could hear her smiling when she's like, I'm a really lucky Moroccan woman. And just the fact that she is. There in Morocco and you know Yeah, no, she's l- helping women get these rights. Yeah, she's going back to her roots. Like she, you mm-hmm. know, she
1: spent her life traveling and abroad with these very educated parents. She could have easily stayed in in a country that, you know, maybe had a little bit more equality, but she
0: she went back to her home country and is fighting the good fight. It's also something to point out about the education aspect. Mm. where that that really makes all the difference. And when women are not given access to the same education, then it just changes the trajectory of their lives. It absolutely does. And when they were
1: talking about uh, the group that they work with, Education for All, and how they go into rural communities and they provide these resources and and what a difference it makes in their lives. Like, I, I think the work they are doing is so incredible. I think I'm just going to go sign up to work with them. Do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I support well, you. Yeah. Thanks. And if you, like me, are super excited to hear more about what Xena is doing or what Education for All is doing, you can check out intrepidtravel.com to learn more about their tours in Morocco and how they partner with Education for All. We will put those in
0: the show notes. You've been listening to the Wild and Curious podcast. Hosted by me,
1: Teresa Christine. And me, Suzanne Schmetting. If you've enjoyed this episode, there's more where this came from. Subscribe to the Wild and Curious podcast wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You can also follow along with our adventures on Instagram. Our handle is at underscore the Wild and Curious underscore. And we will also put that in the show notes for you.
0: We are always looking for extraordinary women to talk to you on our show. If you have someone in mind or you are that someone... Go to thewildandcurious.com to let us know.